Around the world, as promised, a remnant remains who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Welcome to Remnant Podcast. We're live. There we go. Yeah, buddy. So let's do the podcast, man. You know, it's me and Alan did this for a long time. We took a long break that was on me, but now we've got a a new member. We do. That's going to keep things spicy. A new, new member of the body. I'm <laughs> like a big toe. Yeah. Maybe a little toe. Maybe well, a little toe. We're going, you know, we're still doing a Christian podcast. We're going to try and make it a little bit more lighthearted than we did before. Yeah. Um talk about our daily life experiences and how the Bible, uh, you know, directs and guides us and the application of it. Brian, you had an idea to lead off with something today. What was you wanting to talk about? Yeah, you uh you spoke very briefly this morning about uh, something that you thought was very important for kids to hear, and it really kind of clicked that it's really important for many people to hear. Yes, and uh, it's a it was a really good refresher for when we get caught up in what is you know commonly known today as like hustle culture, or you know when we're tempted to you know make make a shortcut uh, to get ahead in life. Uh, we're really going against a, a biblical principle in canceling out a promise that God made to us uh, as Christians. And uh, I said, man, we should really talk about that on the podcast because that is an incredible uh, lesson that people just forget. They just forget. And it's out of uh, it's out of Luke chapter nine. Um, you want to read it? Let Alan read it because he's Alan got his Bible it. open and I hadn't even, I was doing all this set up. I don't even have my Bible in here. I'm going to borrow off of yours, man. Luke <laughs> chapter nine, it was what? 20, 24 and 25. 25 yeah. Yeah. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost yeah, yeah and the way that reads in the king james version which this is the new king james isn't it yes is if what does it profit a man or what does it advantage a man if he gains the whole world but loses himself or is a castaway right the lose himself part is the part i that stuck out to me you know i know in matthew it says if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul and it has spiritual and physical applications and everything but like you was talking about we we're trading off a promise yeah when we take a shortcut but like give us an example of kind of what because they're thinking well what do you mean take a shortcut in life to get some get somewhere to to gain advantage right yeah so you had a really good example in your sermon but it it automatically put me in mind of of a time where i was faced with uh, with with something that was basically uh, in you know in the, the the secular culture they they would call it a uh, like an ethical decision or a moral decision right mm-hmm. and you know we're 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 all faced multiple times a day with ethical and moral dilemmas that uh, seem insignificant in the moment and and I would argue that there aren't any insignificant ethical and moral dilemmas it's always a choice for you to, or it's always a chance for you to choose right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as Christians, we believe that the Bible is our guiding uh, source for that. And 
you know, we kind of, it, it, it takes a little bit of our ability to choose what is right and wrong away when we, when we proclaim that we live by these principles, right? right. <clears throat> so it put me in mind very specifically of a time when, uh, it put me, it put me in mind of a time when I had to make a choice that, you know, I could, I could have argued either way about the decision, but I knew that in my, in my deeply held beliefs that there was only really one right answer. And, uh, it just happens to relate back to, uh, we, you know, we just moved to the area here and, uh, the people that we bought the house from, they still have some property, uh, left at the house that they said would be gone. Well, it's, it would be very, very useful to me <laughs> if I were to, uh, if I were to have to go, uh, you know, re-procure that and put it to work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I almost, I almost went and got it and used it and they would probably be none the wiser and would never even miss it. Really. I mean, they haven't laid eyes on it in over a year. So the fact that they would even likely know that it was there is very slim, but it's not mine. Right. And you know, there's, there, there, there comes a point to when you have to say, when is stealing stealing? And the answer is every time that you touch, (laughs) that you take something that's not yours. That's when stealing is stealing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, and you know, I, I could have made the argument, you know, they abandoned the property there. It's been a year. They've never asked for it. They probably don't even know it's there, right? I could have made all these excuses as to why and justified my reasons for why I did what I did. But at the end of the day, I live by a code. And that code says, I don't take stuff that's not mine. That's, that's awesome, though. You know, you're right. We, it's not just a faith. It's a code we live by. I mean, we do have a faith. You know, like right. it's the yeah. faith that, that strengthens us to live the code. But we do have a code that we live by, and part of that code is, well, of course, you know, I, you know, Christianity and really means you're a follower of Christ. You know, you're you believe in Christ for salvation, but it also means you follow Christ. Like I think right. about that a lot of times. You know, it seems like in in Christianity, and this is the preacher and me coming out. You know, so if y'all disagree, man, disagree. It's fine with me. But it seems like we have comfortably created a separation of. The believer, but not the follower. And I do understand there's a lot of ways, oh. a lot of room for a lot of things like that. The follower don't mean you're following all the time. But I know like with other religions, you know, if somebody says they're Buddhist, to me that means they adhere to and practice the teachings of Buddha. You know, that's what yeah. they believe in. They right. they pattern their life after what Buddha said. You know, and or if they're a follower of, of Gandhi or whatever, they 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 believe in the principles, the core principles that Gandhi espoused, and they follow them. And so with Christianity, it's not that you're saved by doing it. Right. But there is still a call to do it. Yeah. Right? Yes. So there's still a code, right? Yeah. There's still a we, – we, we're supposed to emulate the ways and the, and the things of Christ. And one of those is integrity, like you're talking about, integrity. A man keeping his integrity when you're – when you're tempted to do something that you can justify mm-hmm. um, or you think, well, nobody's going to know. It doesn't even matter. It's not going to affect anybody, but it's like, well, if that's true, then just call the person. Yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> just call them and say, Hey, can I do this? Uh, 
but it, I know with me, the same thing happened, Brian, <laughs> a similar thing where I wanted to move a fence over a little bit mm-hmm. because this guy's land had a clean edge. I didn't have to zigzag through the woods. I could just go over five feet and go just outside the trees, you know? And I just was back there and thinking, man, I got all this work to run my, to run on my line. But if I just move five feet this way, I can fence this in a day, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. Because the guy's never, he lives in Florida. You know, he's never here. And it's not going to hurt nothing. I mean, it's, he's not using this land for anything. But I was back there in the woods thinking about this. And I'm like, <clears throat> if everything that I'm saying is true, then I should just call him. Right. Why ain't I calling him? Because I'm afraid he'll say no. And then I got all this work. Right. If I call him and then he says no, now I'm actually guilty. But I can, you know, if I if I do it and he comes later and says, "Hey, your friend's on my line," I can be like, "Oh man, you know, I didn't realize oh, it been an issue or something." Yeah. Right. But we live by a code anyway. You was yeah. you did you have something to say about? Yeah, that? I was just I was going to point out. I don't know if you guys have noticed that when you're living right, where you're living the way you're supposed to, you know automatically that you're in the wrong yeah that in your thought and your thought is like like you said what what's the hurt five more feet what's the hurt five more feet but in your mind you're like but that's wrong and like you started out shortcuts in life that would have been a major shortcut oh it would have been a very nice major one. shortcut very convenient. <laughs> the 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 piece of property that you're talking about it would have made your life that much easier oh yeah And it's it's like it doesn't matter, I guess, because you 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 can watch documentaries and you're like, what was it? You know, what was that person thinking? Well, they they don't believe the same way we believe. Mm-hmm. They don't have that weighing on them. Some people have been doing it the wrong way for so long that they're numb to the voice of the conscience. Mm-hmm. You can't hear it no more when. When we, when the three of us are trying to do something, the conscience is heavy, heavy. We hear it loud and clear. It's that's certainly the way it should be. Well, yeah, I, I believe the conscience absolutely is a very precious gift of God. Animals don't have it, you know. The raccoon has never felt bad one time for taking my chickens, <laughs> you know. Nope. Uh, so they don't have a conscience. But we do, and it's part of the image of God in us. That I, you know, I believe that's part of it. There's a lot of things. What? <laughs> women. Let's talk about women. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if God gave them a conscience? Too? It would be nice if women had a conscience. Uh, no, but you're you're right. Like if. The the animals don't have a conscience, and it's like Alan was saying, you know, you if you if you consistently make bad decisions that lead you, or not not even necessarily bad decisions, right? But if you constantly make decisions that lead you further and further away from that still small voice and that conviction of the Holy Spirit, eventually you just stop hearing it. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you know it's it's falling on deaf ears. You know, Jesus says many many times, you know. If, if they have ears, let them hear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that's the kind of stuff that he's talking about. Right. If, if, if you, all of a sudden, you make this series of decisions that lead you to not having ears to hear anymore, it's not that 
the spirit's not talking. It's that you just don't hear him. That's right. Right. Yeah, that's a very good illustration. Take and that's your a mind. scary we're place to, to be. Yeah, we're going to have to tighten that up somehow. Yeah. I don't have a screwdriver on me right now. I'll get it Just like keep this. your eye on that. But, yeah, what you're saying – go ahead. Go ahead, Alan. I was going to say that's a, that's a scary place to be. Right. To not hear your conscience anymore. Well, two things I want to I want to bring out. Number one, it's that's right. It does get numb. Number two, it is a precious gift. Mm-hmm. Your conscience is like an inner. It's watching out for your soul, and in a sense, it's like God. Well, I mean, what it says in Romans chapter two that He wrote His laws in their on their conscience. It yeah, says right. their conscience yes. accuses or excuses them, and so in a sense, your conscience is there for your protection. You start to do something that you shouldn't do, and it says, "Hey, man." Don't do that. Yeah. It's it's like yeah. you're not even, in a sense, your conscience is not yours. I mean, it is yours, but it's not like you can just tell it what you want to feel guilty about and what you don't want to feel guilty about. Oh, I think right. you, I think you can though. You you can you can you train, can train it. it. Yes, you can train, you train it, it for yeah. sure. Yeah. But it's not what is naturally written right on our heart. That's not our desire. You said something earlier about you know a follower and a believer. That's a that's something that north americans don't have a clear understanding of of like what is a follower because you know in in when the bible was written everybody knew what a disciple was Mm -hmm. because every rabbi or not every rabbi but most rabbis they had disciples they had groups of people that followed them just like groups of people that followed jesus right Mm -hmm. and those people made a covenant to live like their rabbi they were followers they weren't just believers they were also followers and that's a context that we lose so much and so when you stop following the person that you say you're following then you're not going to live like them anymore that's right Right. that's exactly right yeah and that's interesting too to think about that they certainly had a better grasp on what a follower was yeah and better context like you said Okay, but with the conscience, it, it gets very philosophical. I understand that, so I'm not going to do it. But the thing I was talking about, about the numbing effect, I was thinking about, like your hand, your bare hand is very sensitive. Mm-hmm. And if somebody comes up and puts a quarter in your hand, you feel it instantly. Right. You feel it. But if you're holding 100 quarters, because like, you got all these, these, each quarter represents an infraction against your conscience. And so you're holding 100 quarters, somebody can come up and put one more on there and you can't tell. Right. You can't tell the difference between 100 and 101 quarters in your mm-hmm. hand. You can't sense that anymore. And when we go against our conscience, that's kind of what happens. It's like we begin to load ourselves down with infractions against our conscience, so to speak, or we load ourselves down with guilt, or we load ourselves down with burden even. But you can, rather than face that and say, I want to get this clean and sensitive again, we like just to justify ourselves. We try and clean right. ourselves by justifying ourselves and make ourselves feel right about it. We try and help ourselves go to sleep by lying to ourselves. And, you know, the message today was really more towards the younger people in my mind. But just to – because, man, if I could – there's so many things I have done in my life that if I could undo them, I would. Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I've done people wrong at times, you know. And now I will say that everything that has just eaten at me, I've went back to make right. Right. I went back and talked to them or or tried to make restitution or whatever. Because when I was young, I was, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. Right. Um who amongst us though yeah exactly <laughs> but one of these codes is it's not i mean i guess this is not necessarily a code but it's a character trait that we want to adopt and that's integrity yeah integrity within your own self like not i mean other people may or may not think you're a man of integrity but as long as you know that you are that you you will stand for the right things when it's time to stand and like you're saying though it's you know for me it was running into cost on a building project that 
I knew I could get by with for a time until the warranty's over, and I wouldn't have to face the cost. Right. But I couldn't ultimately bring myself to do that guy wrong, even though he didn't know I was doing him wrong. <laughs> he wouldn't have known. I, I knew that if I proceed building on this foundation, it's going to be a problem down the road. And, you know, just stuff like that, those principles, man, that's to me, that's part of what if there was anything that made the old ways good, the old old fashioned America, if you want to call it that, it was the principles of what they live by. Right. Nowadays, a man's good word and a handshake are nothing, nope. right. they, you know, for most people. But that's what I wish we had. Yeah, that and two bucks will get you a cup of coffee, right? Yeah, yeah, because the two bucks is the only thing worth it. Right, yeah. 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 yeah, and so I wish I wish that we had that restored, but especially the church should have that. Yeah. Among the brethren, we should have that. Yeah. Yeah, and you said, you brought up a really good point a minute ago. You said that, you know, um, it gets to a point when you have so many quarters in your hand, you can't feel new quarters being put on. And, you know, there, there comes a point, I just got back, um, and I know that you guys know this, but... Uh, they don't know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got back a few weeks ago from uh, this this thing called Warrior Path, and it's about uh, it's called it deals with this thing called post traumatic growth, and basically how you grow uh, when you're living with the effects of PTSD. And one of the one of the things that we talk about in there is uh, the difference between shame and guilt. And shame is I am a bad person, and guilt is I have done bad things. Mm-hmm. Right? And you know we we don't believe in a gospel of shame. Right. Right. So the flip side to this is the only way to to understand that uh the only way to understand that shame isn't a permanent thing is through disclosure when you understand that other people have gone through the same thing that you've gone mm-hmm. through and you know that's is also why the Bible tells us, you know, confess your sins to one another. Mm-hmm. So when you finally come to and you, you're, just, you're just sick of the Holy Spirit beating you on the head with a hammer about, you know, you know, you're just so sick of being convicted. That's what you do is you go confess your sins to one another mm-hmm. and you sit down with a brother and you say, man, listen, I really screwed up and I need to talk. I need to tell somebody about it. Mm-hmm. And then most of the time that person, if they're honest, is going to be like, man, I know I've been there too. Yeah. yeah but we just don't feel like they're going to say that. We're, it's, it's that shame inside of us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. There is a major difference between guilt and Guilt is a legal term. Shame is a feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's a big difference. Yeah. And praise God, he can take both away. Yeah. You know, and he, but he has means. Yeah. He uses agency or whatever. But like you were talking about conscience earlier, which, Alan, I won't let you talk. Don't let me dominate the conversation here, brother. You got something? Go. <laughs> the, there, the conscience can be trained for the wrong or for the right. Yeah. And something I've thought about a lot in here, the Bible deals with the conscience a lot. <clears throat> and it, it, I think uh, this is in several places, but I know one is in Romans, another's in Corinthians, I think. But he's talking about people for conscience' sake couldn't eat certain things because they was grown up or raised to believe this. Right? They was raised to believe perhaps pork was wrong or whatever, <clears throat> and so there were certain things they would not eat. And when the new covenant came, and some of the old ceremonial stuff was definitely done away with. Because that was all just pointing towards new covenant things. 
it's, you know, Peter has that vision. If you remember, he has a vision. Right. He sees the sheet coming down and, and God says, eat. You know, he's basically yep. telling him it's okay to eat. And Peter says, not so, Lord. I've never, you know, let an unclean thing touch my lips or whatever. And he says, don't call that which I've made unclean. And so he, it's revealed to them, hey, it's okay to eat this. But when they get, went out, there was other people who had had grown up under that old covenant time frame. And they didn't, they couldn't do it with a clear conscience. Right. Because daddy always yeah. said it's wrong. Yeah. Can't do it. And Paul tells them, if a man goes against his own conscience, he sinned against his self. He sinned against his own conscience. That's what he says. Yeah. If he eats doubting, in other words, if he's eating it, but he still thinks it's wrong, he's actually sinned against his conscience. Yeah. But Paul also gives us a solution that with patience and teaching, you can train the conscience to the truth of the new covenant, you know, yeah. to the truth of God's word. And I know for me personally, like I grew up, I couldn't wear shorts. You know, I couldn't even wear uh, sleeves that was like shoulder length, you know. <clears throat> and so I had that on my conscience as I became a man because that's how I grew up. And I, there's, I still practice a lot of that, but not for sake of conscience because I don't like getting bug bites, you know, on my calf muscles or <laughs> right. something. But exactly. my point was one day the Bible retrained my conscience for me and said, hey, it's okay to eat pork. Yeah, It's okay to wear shorts. Those are not sins. Those are traditions that was put upon my conscience, but God didn't put it there. And that's that's important to know because there's a lot of people that come out of what we might call a legalistic religious system, and they just are convinced that if they do this, it's sin. And and for them, it would be at that time. Yeah. And so you have to bear with them and kind of go through the word with them and let God take that off of their conscience. I'm saying. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Y'all can come in. You know, you can comment on that or not. <laughs> but I mean, well, you know, if you, <clears throat> it just came to my mind. You know the this world we live in now is numb to the conscience Mm -hmm. because what the bible teaches for years people may i'm going to say people may not believe 100 percent of what's in this bible but they all had what was right and what was wrong Mm -hmm. when we look at what's going on right now in our in our school systems and in the government and everything else and and a lot of what is going on in, in those in those that's just two examples is is wrong they the thought in your the let me put it this way the government in a way is feeding us oh well yeah for that for years that was wrong but now it's okay if we do this mm-hmm. and that's exactly what's going on it's going on everywhere it's and it's not we're right now we're talking at a, at a level of just us mm-hmm. in our experiences and stuff but it's going on in a large part everywhere well there like like i said you can train it for the bad or for the good well, that's what you I'm, can sear it you can numb it or right. you can make it more sensitive you know yeah well, and part of the thing to me was that to me when it talks about a man losing himself, like yeah. if he's seeking the things of his own his own life's interest or whatever, and that and that his compass is out of whack, his north is south or whatever, you get lost in that. But you, I, I thought about this before, Brian. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. You ever heard the term, term or phrase "they sold their soul to the devil"? Yeah. I, I was thinking about this one day, and I'm sure that can happen all at once, and I'm sure that that can truly happen. And in a sense, we was all sold <laughs> under sin. Um, but it almost seems to me like you sell it one piece at a time. Mm. You sell it by 
going against, like you're doing something that you know is wrong, but you're doing it anyway because it feels good or because you get high on it or whatever. And then you come to another crossroads where that it's, something knocks again to stop you, but you're like, no, I don't want to. I'm going on, and I'm going on, and going on, and eventually you just cross the the cliff, you know, and you just fall off the deep end. But I'm saying along the way, it's like it's almost like you're, which it really ain't selling your soul a piece at a time, but it's like you're kind of selling out yourself a piece at a time because you hear these famous people. Yeah, in a sense, they just sold themselves out for the fame and for the money. They do all kinds of stuff they never thought they'd do. Yeah. But it's because of what they think they're promised if they do it. Yeah. Like even couples, like a married couple married in real life, and maybe she's an actress, and she wants a role in this movie, but she's got to do this certain scene. And she's like, in her conscience, she's like, man, I don't want to do that. Right. But then she's like, but if I don't, I don't get this starring role, and this is a big role. This is going to launch my career. And so she goes through with it. And they convince themselves that, well, it's just a movie. I know it's fake. It's okay. But in a sense, you sold a piece of yourself out there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And sold a piece of your marriage out, too, in a sense. And so, anyway, yeah, losing themselves, uh, if you gain the whole world and lose yourself along the way, what does it profit you, man? Nothing. Yeah, it it really it really doesn't profit you anything. And and you're 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 right. I mean, I have I have theological issues with the with the statement of yeah, he's sell, he's sell, selling himself to the devil. Um, because like that that sales never complete until you die, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh yeah, I, yeah. I have <laughs> theological issues with it too. Yeah, I would even have theological <laughs> issues with saying you sell your soul one piece at a time. I'm just saying these yeah, are yeah. illustrations. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so like no one, this is a, this is an anecdote from back in my law enforcement days. Uh, no one wakes up in the morning and is like, I've never done drugs before. And today I'm going to go do, I'm going to go snort Coke. Mm -hmm. No one, no one starts there. Mm -mm. No one starts there. It is, uh, there, there's, there's gateways, right. And then, uh, there's, you know, all the debate about whether marijuana is a gateway drug or, you know, whatever, all that aside, no one wakes up and is like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make a bad decision today. Mm-hmm. Or you know, I'm don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's some people who who, who do wake up and mm-hmm. that's the way that they want to live. But mo- for the overwhelming majority of people, that's just not true. Um, most people don't wake up and it's like I am just going to go be just the most horrible person I can be today. It is one small step at a time. Mm-hmm. But that's also the journey back is one wow, small that's a good step point. at a time that's a real good point i mean in, in a in a personal journey sense now the journey in a sense back is also by it's a miraculous thing by christ yes. the grace of god and mercy but you so, i mean i love yeah. what you're saying restoration in your own self is a one it's one, one small step at a time yeah mm-hmm. and you know we it's it's easy it would be easy for for christians to sit and this is where i think a lot of christians get in trouble is uh you know well, number one, I think a lot of Christians get in trouble because they act. They expect non-Christians to act like Christians, and they just don't. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. like, but when someone when someone starts to walk with Jesus, they have a lot of things to atone for, right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. like, or, or maybe within the eyes of the people and themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you get you get someone who has been a thief and a drug addict that gives their life to Christ, and they've been a thief and a drug addict for twenty years. And you think just all of a sudden everything's going to be okay. And mm. that's not the case. 
Well, no, because at the very <laughs> least, the flesh is still an yeah. addict. Man. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it still has its hungers. Yeah, the long road. It, yeah. yeah, it's it, it's just one single step at a time back. So the, there's this illustration of, uh, you know, of uh, God is on one side and the devil's on the other side, and then there's you know this varying spaces in between. So the illustration is there's there's a difference between being close to God but looking at the devil but being Mm -hmm. close to the devil, but looking at God Mm -hmm. and this one is most definitely better than this one. Right. So, uh, yeah, we, I think, I think Christians sometimes get in trouble when they, they become too judgmental about where someone is in their walk and not fully understanding how far they've come or that they have to go. I love that illustration. It's basically sounds to me like this, the direction you're headed in matters more than the place you're currently in. Yeah, the direction you're headed because you may be in a good place, but if you're headed in the wrong direction, yeah, you're in bad shape. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot, and I also know that you know what you said is true. Nobody wakes up today. Well, they don't go from having a sort of, I don't know what you might call a good, clean way of living or something to just being like, I'm going off the deep end. I'm just going to go from here yeah. to right. It's one little step at a time. That's kind of what I meant by selling your soul a little bit at a time. You see your conscience a little bit at a time. I mean, you're not really selling your soul uh, a little bit at a time. And then also, like you said, until you're dead, you ain't really the the contract ain't done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I have even seen where people from Hollywood had once said they sold their soul for Hollywood or whatever. And now they're like, they... They they want out and they want Christ. Yeah, and he's available to them. You know, Alice Cooper is a great example of that. Alice Cooper, right now, if you don't know, if you haven't seen Alice Cooper stuff, Alice Cooper found Christ. I and haven't man, seen nothing he about has, him. And- he, he has he has some real powerful testimony. There's a there's a really great website out there called I Am Second, and mm-hmm. it, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah. So I Am Second is basically uh, people's stories about finding Christ. And one of the guys that really kind of helped launch this was a guy named Brian Welch. And uh, he's known as Head in the band Corn. Mm-hmm. And so he Oh, t- I have heard of that. Yeah. And I so have, he, well, I've heard this story from him and he they say he, dude's truly born again. Yeah. Oh yeah. He talks about the way he found Christ is he snorted he snorted meth with a hundred dollar bill and was like, I can't do this anymore. And just he found Christ in this questioning and, you know, mm-hmm. we got in touch with a pastor friend of his and was like, let's start walking this road together. And it's a true, it's a really great redemption story of someone who really was living just the most hellacious lifestyle mm-hmm. and is now like, he still tours with the band. He still tours with corn, but he doesn't tour with corn mm-hmm. anymore. He's not doing all the things that they're doing. Well, say that too. Like that goes back to something you said earlier. We want to put our our experiences, our we want to put our shoes on other people, and we want to say, "Look, man, if you're really saved, you need to get out of the corn band." But for him, he may see that as ministry. He may yeah. see that as I'm making steps towards God. Bear with me, you know. Who who knows? He may think if I stepped out of this, right, I don't know what he thinks because I know a lot of times I came up in a very legalistic religion, and. I had all these thoughts in my mind that if a person truly gets saved, like everything vanishes, everything is gone, everything is drastically changed overnight. And I do believe God has the power to do that. I just don't think that's the way that he does it. He he saves our soul. And if he was just going to do it that way, then why leave us this? 
right mm. like if they're just gonna right. make you all right you know yep. well then you don't even need this you know he left you this because this is this tells you how to get further along in your walk with christ and stuff like that and become more christ-like and <laughs> i'm just saying that a lot of times when we hear somebody that say they gave their life to christ or whatever we expect to see drastic immediate differences but it doesn't happen that way man and the other thing is you know like okay the way i grew up if you cussed you was satan incarnate okay <laughs> it was a big deal <laughs> right um and i like i said i grew up legalistic i admit that but man, it was such a huge deal that we just thought if anybody ever said the D word or something, they'd right. just go into hell. They just was the son of the devil, you know. What yeah. I mean, because it was so strict and everything. And then I, you know, I became an adult, became a preacher, got saved myself, and I realized, man, there are people that have grown up on in way a way harder life than I ever had. Mm-hmm. A police officer, you know, like you were, that's seeing stuff on the streets all the time and you know or somebody that grows up and like on the streets of new york city or whatever man that's just the way they communicate dude yeah they don't think nothing about it no in other words their conscience don't ever bother them because they wasn't they didn't have it beat into their head like i did you know that's just how they talk to each other and so when i first started going to church and i hear these you know guys sitting around and they're talking they're not like cussing like crazy or nothing but they say a cuss word or something. If the first few times, Alan, I was like, well, should I go pray for this brother? <laughs> is he even saved? Is yeah. he even saved? Uh, and, but they're like, it doesn't. Well, another thing, too, and I'm getting off subject here, but I also learned that curse words were words of a curse, like you were cursing right. someone, like mm-hmm. you were sentencing them or wishing evil upon them, you know? In other words, it's no different, really, for me to say "dang it," right? Than for you to say the other, right? Ultimately, right? Because right. we're just—it's—I've got my Christian cuss words. Yeah, you know what I mean. The Christian curse word is still a curse word, <laughs> right? Well, technically, they're—I guess you would say they're—I don't even know that they're actual curse words because you can look in here about curses and hexes and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. It's just what we were taught. I guess those those words used to accompany curses. Well, I mean, the word damned is a biblical word, right? right that yes. they all might be damned or whatever who love not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And so in the Old Testament, those would be words of a curse. And I guess that's why they got that name. But a lot of it was what's in your mind, I guess, when you say it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And for us, it's like I heard my daughter the other day say, Dad, gum it. And I was wanting to be like, Don't you say that? You know? But she's heard me say it. And so I got to clean up my own stuff, I guess. But anyway, yeah, man, that's just my point was it was a real good point. And I'll let you talk, Alan. But small steps towards sanctification, too. Like sanctification in this life, I'm saying, or yeah. living righteousness. I mean, you're sanctified. There's this issue with Christianity. There's what's called positional, right? And then in the life. As soon as you're saved, you're sanctified forever by one offering, which was Jesus Christ. But then there is the the following part that you do become, like you said, you take little steps back towards, I guess you could call it godliness or whatever. Um. Anyway, I don't want to get into all that. I don't. We'll save that one for another save podcast. That for a different yeah, day. yeah, we'll save that for a different day. 